Trinity, Levi, Cynthia, Cal, your friends and your family, folks here at Shepherd of the Pines, God's grace and God's mercy and God's peace be to you. And it is through our Lord and our Savior Jesus. We're going to look at these words from Paul in Colossians, Colossians chapter 1. We've not stopped praying for you and asking God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and may please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, may these words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. You who are our strength, our rock, our risen Lord and Redeemer. Amen. Well, these words may not make any sense to you, at least not at first. But they will make sense to these people. And they will make sense to some of these folks sitting over here. The parents of our confirmands. Courage. Help. Confidence. Brave. Importance. Help. Joy. Follow. These are their one word prayers. Now you might ask, well, what's a one word prayer? Real simple. It is as it says. It's a one-word prayer. See, God doesn't need a lot of words from us in order to know what's going on in our lives. One word will do it. And they've given me that word so that I can remember them in my prayers. Just one word. That's all it takes. Because, you see, listen to God's promise. Here's why only one word is needed. He says in Isaiah before they call, I will answer, and, and while they are still speaking, I will hear. But even better yet, listen to these words from Psalm 139. Why God only needs one word from us when it comes to our prayers. O Lord, you have searched me, and you know me. You know when I sit down and when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. And I like this verse. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, O Lord. One word prayer. That's all it, that's all it takes. Now, we've, we've focused a lot on prayer in class, haven't we? I've had you do different things, journal, Try different prayers, write different prayers, try to pray, learn how to pray scripture, one-word one prayers, and there's a reason for that. Martin Luther once said this, and you've heard me say this to you before, prayer is the breath of the Christian. 
which is Luther's way of saying that just as we cannot live without breathing, so a redeemed and forgiven child of God cannot live out that identity or remain in that identity without going to God regularly in prayer. We need to be people who pray and pray often and pray a lot. And, and so, on this, your confirmation day, there's one thing I want to remind you of, and there's one thing that I want to encourage you to be. The one thing I want to remind you of is what this get-up is supposed to remind you of, that you are God's forgiven and redeemed child that in baptism he gave you the robe of the righteousness of Christ, forgave you all of your sins, and gave you the gift of faith in Jesus. That's who you are, his redeemed and forgiven child. And that's whose you are, his redeemed and forgiven children. And I also want to encourage you to be a person of prayer. To pray daily. To pray often throughout the course of the day. To pray without ceasing, as it says in the Bible. I would go that far. In fact, I would go that far not only for you four, but I would go that for, far for all of you. I would especially go that far for you parents, grandparents, godparents, and I would go that far for you, the people of Shepherd of the Pines Lutheran Church, that as you hear these young Christians make their profession of faith and their desire to live out this faith for the rest of their lives, that you would come alongside of them and stand in the gap for them and pray for them without ceasing so that they might live out these promises and stay in faith in Jesus until the Lord calls them home to be with himself, to pray for them. Now, to that end, let me give you a couple of, uh, let me give you a tool to use to be able to pray for them. Now, the one word prayer would work. To ask them, like I did again this last week Wednesday, to just renew and see if their prayer word had changed. To ask them, Cal, what's, what's a word that I can use that I can keep you in my prayers? Ask them. And then use that word to pray for them. You can also pray scripture for them. Praying scripture for them is a very powerful, powerful tool. 
Because when you're praying scripture for them, you're claiming the promises of God for them. You're, you're claiming things that God has already put down in black and white and saying this is what he will in faith and faithfulness do for them. Praying scripture also gives you the words to pray when sometimes we lack those words to pray. And by the way, if in your prayer life you come to that point where you can't even think of a word to pray to the Lord, just have this comfort in knowing that in those moments when we don't know how to pray, as Paul says in Romans chapter 8, the Spirit of God intercedes for us, prays for us with words that are deeper and go really beyond our size. And so just know that you have that comfort. But praying scripture gives us words. To pray. It also strengthens your own faith as you pray scripture. Here's, here's an example. Listen to these words. This is, this is from Proverbs chapter 3, verse 6. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. Now, to turn that word of Scripture into a prayer for one of these or one of your children, you just do it this way. Dear Lord, I pray that Trinity will acknowledge you in all of her ways and that you will direct her path. See how that works? It's, it's a marvelous way to pray. Listen to this prayer. It's my prayer for you as parents and godparents and grandparents of Trinity and Levi and Cynthia and Cal and as members of the congregation that they are a part of. Dear Father, as I am reading your word, Show me the scriptures I can pray for my family and myself. Help me to set an appointment with you each day and show me how you would like me to be an intentional prayer warrior for my family. In Jesus' name, amen. If these young people are going to live out their faith, we're going to have to stand in the gap for them and pray for them. As you listen to them make their promises of faith today, I invite you to take the words of Paul from Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 and 10, and make those words a prayer for them. We have not stopped praying for you and asking God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and may please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. Those words make a great prayer for Cal, don't they? And they make a great prayer for Cynthia. They make a great prayer for Levi. They make a great prayer for Trinity. Listen. Lord, we ask you to fill Cal, to fill Cynthia, to fill Levi, to fill Trinity with the knowledge of your will and with all spiritual wisdom and understanding in order that Cal and Cynthia 
and Levi and Trinity. May live a life worthy of you, Lord, and, and may please you, Father, in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, and ever growing in the knowledge of you, Father, and in the knowledge of you, Jesus, and in the knowledge of you, Holy Spirit and Comforter. Amen. And may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.